Hello, 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 New Haven, or wherever you're joining us from. And welcome back to Arts Respond on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. I'm your host, Lucy Gelman, and today I'm very excited to be here with um, musician, I think it's fair to say music lover, music consumer, um, and just like all around Renaissance man, Trey Moore. And we are talking about the see- the second year of the Seeing Sounds Music Festival. Um, and, and also Trey, you know, your work as a musician, because I think that you can't talk about thing one without like acknowledging thing two. And this year, I, I'm really excited because this year, Seeing Sounds is not just one day. So the the main music festival, folks should know if somehow you're living under a rock and you haven't seen it and you're not on social media. um, The the main festival is on July 1st, which is a week from Saturday. But there is a whole week of events happening. And that that kicks off June 27th. And there's stuff on the 20th, which I believe is a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, Tuesday. There's stuff on the 27th, on the 28th, on the 30th. So um, maybe you, for whatever reason, can't make it on the first, although you should absolutely make it on the first, but there is goodness happening all week next week. And so let's jump right into this. And, you know, I want to know a little bit about, I remember talking to you last summer, it was like a thousand degrees outside. We were in Edgewood Park at the first Seeing Sounds Music Festival and talking to you about you know, you seeing the need to cultivate this thing that didn't exist within New Haven. And so I would love to hear from you about the genesis of the festival and then your your decision to grow it, because that's a whole, like, a lot of work has gone into this. Yeah. Um, first off, thank you for the cool intro. Reading off, like, everything. Um, that's pretty cool to hear. Yeah, last year, last year was the first year of the festival. Uh, I think that the whole idea was just to like kind of create this moment. Um, I love music. I think that's the at the core of anything I do. Um, and I think for the folks who like come around me and I'm around, we all just love music. Uh, so that's like the first step. That one really, really like music. You know what I mean? And then <clears throat> I love it enough and I, I love my community enough to where I'm like, well, how can we create these moments where we all like come together and it kind of feels like it's just kind of like this thing that we're all a part of um, or just like kind of like this, this dream or like this core memory. Um, and that's how it came about. But it, it all like, it's all like, it all predates like back, like when I'm a teenager, like in high school, early college years like I used to be obsessed with just like uh LA and like the idea of like going to Coachella one day and then like performing there and doing and being in like these spaces like Odd Future was like a big group growing up um you know people like that I seen kind of like the energy that was happening over there and they were doing like their own little like events and indie festivals and stuff but me being like 19 um, and like broke and can't really go nowhere, I'm just like, well, I can't really do it there. But like maybe one day I can like come here. I can bring that energy here. You know what I'm saying? Once I'm at a, at a position to do so. Um, so this is me just kind of like honoring that like vision from when I was like 17, 18, 19, and just creating this thing. Yeah, and I want to, I also want to ask, so last year was the inaugural year, year, it was around like Coogan Pavilion in sort of Edgewood Park. And I think some people who don't recognize the Connecticut music scene, or who don't think about it a lot, like, I remember when I moved to Connecticut, people were like, oh, it's going to be like an episode of Gilmore Girls. And I'm really grateful that it's not right. Um, but there's a lot of really cool grassroots DIY music making happening. And, and I think people who have been for a long time craving these spaces and, and part of that is affinity spaces where they feel like they're around um, both other musicians of color and often um, from what we saw last year, also other queer musicians. Um, but, but there's a lot like, I feel like last year's celebration also or festival also honored like skate culture and 
I don't know, like these, I don't want to say entrepreneurs, but like vintage pop-up shops and skateboard shops. And like, there were some cool people selling like can of goodies and like all, all of these cool DIY things. I mean, for me, it's like, isn't that how it always happens, right? It's like, get these like marginalized groups who typically don't have access to things or like are given like physical spaces, just like do their thing. And then they kind of, you know, turn water into wine. Like, I, I think in the same way, that's all we did. I think it, it, it may be new to like some people, right? Like <clears throat> the idea that like, oh, who are like all these like dope and made like, wow, like I didn't know uh, there were all these like kind of Renaissance people here. But it's like, man, we've been here. We've been doing cool stuff. It's just now we're in a public space and you can kind of see us and we have a platform. So, but I think that's just throughout history, man. Like, you know, those those groups who aren't typically given things, um, they they create their own space and they end up doing something crazy, which down the line ends up being like in the history books. Like, you know, so I think in the same, I view it the same way. I'm like, you know, I've known we've been cool for a long time, you know, but I think now people are learning that. I'm also curious, like, do you think this just occurred to me? Do you think that also part of it was COVID? Because we've been through this moment where like COVID is still with us. The pandemic's still with us, but we're in a very different normal than we were a year ago, certainly two years ago. And, you know, when I when I was watching musicians like pivot and do all of this new stuff, some people like went out and, you know, they recorded a whole album in their basement because that is what they had quarantined to do. And, um, but I think that pivoting, like musicians have always been pivoting as a matter of survival, right? I would say so. Like I wasn't alive in like the thirties and the forties and the fifties, but I imagine, man, it was tough back then, you know, and there was some, a lot of crazy things going on. Um, but I think in the same way, art music is like a reflection of life. I think I just, it's, it's like a, the realness of life always kind of impacts like how creators create and how we kind of navigate our own spaces and stuff. So I would say like, I think COVID for sure, I'll speak personally at that definitely made me adjust right like I think it, for one it's it sat me down it's like okay like who do you want to be in this world where things can change instantly right so it, it, it might have made some of us look at time differently um it might have made some of us become a little more ambitious after the fact like I think nobody really knew what to do while we were cooped up in the crib we were just trying things but I think kind of under this like new normal when we're like outside more and doing doing things I think for sure there's a little more ambition behind trying to get things done within this timeline because we don't know what the next thing is going to be or like when it's going to be um I think for a lot of musicians you can feel the energy around that too just around it's not just me it's a lot of other cool things going on especially locally so and I, I would I I would say that has a lot to do with us, you know, what, what everybody has gone through the past few years. I think that's true. Um, I want to talk about your choice to grow the festival. Because first of all, like a music festival is no small undertaking, right? And I just remember being like being very, very impressed uh, by this all day Festival. I think I I'm old, so I think I left around like eight, but it was still going really really strong. Oh, no, no, that's, we we were done about eight. That's about it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, yeah, but so this year it the goodness like kicks off on June 27th, which is next Tuesday. If you're listening to this, um, really any time before June 27th, uh, with the first Seeing Sounds Jam slash like open mic, and that's at Neighborhood Music School on Audubon Street at eight. Yep. Um, and then on June, and I love that you're hopping around the city. That's like, I, I find that really beautiful. I think some folks get very rooted in one neighborhood. Um, so on June 28th, you're doing director's cut at Lyric Hall, which is a really cool, like funky space, uh, sort of right across from Edgewood Park. 
as you're getting into Westville on Whaley Avenue. On June 30th, there's Indie Wave and Happy Hour in the Plaza, which is Temple Plaza um, from 4.30 to 7.30. And there, there are some like amazing artists performing there. And then the Underground at Stella Blues, uh, which is 9 p.m. to 2 p.m., officially after my bedtime. <laughs> 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. 2 a.m. I'm so sorry. Yeah. 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 It is not an almost all day thing. Um, and, and then July 1st is the festival starting at noon in Edgewood Skate Park. Um, so hopefully after that 2 a.m. bedtime or like, I mean, realistically 3 a.m. if you're driving home at, at 2 a.m., um, right. hopefully you can get a little shut eye before the after, festival. After you get the snacks, like you go to insomnia, you get you some cookies <laughs> right. or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's true. Um, I know. I feel like there are those couple spots downtown. New Haven, I um, when I moved here, I was like, why does everything close at like 7 p.m.? And even downtown, a lot of stuff closes. And so finding those gems that are open past like 9 p.m. is great. Yeah, insomnia, Mamoons, um, a couple other spots. Um, so, so tell me about this decision to grow it out. And also, we'll talk a little bit about how collaborative this is, because nothing, as we know, happens in a silo. Um, man, that's a good question. I, I think year one, you know, it starts with a thought to thing, um, one day and I'm like, elated afterward. One, my experience as an organizer was, oh, that was pretty smooth, you know, and it wasn't my first time curating at all, but at that scale independently, I'm like, that was the biggest thing I've ever, um, and at the time, I didn't have like a strong backing or that. Like, we had a couple of sponsors who pulled through last minute. Um, but yeah, I, when, when I completed it, I was like, man, there were no issues. Like, just on the or, or organizing side, like, even like the workload, it was hard work, but it wasn't like stressful or like it didn't feel overwhelming. I think, in the same way, like, people who attended and the artists who were apart, they left with a similar feeling, I feel like. And, I think that carried over, like obviously year one, folks, you know, if you don't already kind of know me and know my vibe, if you're like new, new, you're not sure what it's going to be and maybe you're reluctant to come or, you know, so I think a lot of people discovered it after the fact, like, oh, shoot, like this cool thing really did happen. Um, how do I be involved in this? So there was a lot of that that happened afterwards where immediately after I'm getting like messages about it's like, how do I get on next year? How do I be a part? How can I help? Um, which, um, you know, made me start to think about, well, how, how do I put more people on? How do I get more people involved in a way that's like meaningful and like where they can actually feel like they're a part of this thing. So naturally my thought was like, well, how do we, how do we expand a little bit so that, we can make this a thing everyone they're a part of. Um, so yeah, I start to think about um, more events and seeing sounds. We exist as a as a brand and as just like a one-off festival. So we carry throughout the year. So I start to develop these kind of smaller events like Indie Wave, um, like the Underground, um, like Director's Cut where other creative people can be involved and you know it's not just it's kind of like super exclusive like you know only the cream of the crop can be a part of this thing um so yeah that that's that's really what went into the decision to expand um and i i admire platforms like um south by southwest um for those who aren't familiar like i think they have a couple festivals in different states but i think the most the well-known one is in Austin, Texas. And it's like a week or two just full of like, it's a, a music and film festival. And a lot of people are involved, like huge artists, artists you've never heard of. I think people go there for the discovery aspect of it. Um, you can just be curious. You can walk into a random venue and discover your favorite artists who you didn't know existed prior to when you entered. So I, I feel like, it's important, especially like in New Haven for seeing sounds to exist in that way because there are so many amazing people. And also I love New Haven. So I think it would be cool for 
people to like, I'm here to discover. I'm here to be curious. You know what I mean? So that's really the overall like vision of seeing sounds and why I think it's important to like one day. And I also want to ask about indie wave. That's kind of in a in the way that the seeing sounds, you know, came onto the scene officially last summer, I think in July, right? And but then indie wave is something that you have been doing that I kind of feel like if you're in the loop, you know about I heard about it from Paul Brian Hudson, who is a musician that many people know and love because he's just like crazy talented and one of the like most kind and generous humans on the planet. Um, but I mean, you've been doing that. You've been making your own music. Brian Slattery over at the New Haven Independent recently wrote about your album, Psychedelic Love Song. So like how, I guess, how are these other um, DIY things and, and also just like making music, how is that feeding you as you also are feeding into the community? I think it's all a part of like the the experience for me. Like, again, like when I was growing up, wanting to be a musician like full-time and like looking at like my artists and stuff a lot of that it, it didn't just have to do with like the music they were making or like the I don't know I guess I guess just that whole part of it like rolling out projects and stuff that's definitely like the big part of it because I'm a musician I love making music and creating music but it was like the overall experience of like living as a creative person and what that looks and feels like, you know? Like, I was more, I really like, love the idea of like, not having to work a regular job, you know? Or like, just having time to spend with my friends and to go to like festivals and ride our bikes and like stuff like that. That was really the thing for me. Cause I think at the end of the day, like I can make music pretty easily and pick it up, put it down. But then what's my experience like in life, like day to day? And I think that's what it means to like kind of be happy as a creative person. You know, I can I can go work 40 hours a week, come make the album. That still doesn't feel great for me. Um, so for me, like the, the lifestyle experience feeds into the creative experience. Because then if I'm enjoying my life and I'm creating these, these moments with people, I go home like, oh man, like this feels good. I want to create something, you know? And then I, that feeds back into the thing because I, now I get to perform at my festival. And it's like, it's a whole, it's a whole thing, you know? Like just the way we live day to day more than just like, or another when it comes to being an artist. And do you feel like you've gotten a lot of support? Like one thing I really appreciate about a lot of the musical circles, because it's not one united circle, I think, in New Haven, is it often feels more collaborative than competitive. And I really appreciate that. Um, do you feel like you're getting you know, the support from folks you need? Like one thing I noticed about Seeing Sounds is this year, because it's more visible, you've gotten more support from you know, from like art, the Department of Arts, Culture and Tourism, from like WUVRA, which is the Westville Village Renaissance Alliance, from the Community Foundation, like from these somewhat entrenched institutions that I think are like taking note, right? Which is great. Um, but do you also feel like you're getting support, you know, from the musicians around you? Um, I, I feel like as an artist, you like you're lucky in that your family is very musical. And some, like sometimes I've heard from artists that their parents are like, no way, like no way can you be an artist because you got to make a living and, and you can make a living as an artist. It's just harder. Um, yeah, like one, I guess going backwards, my family's been super supportive being musicians. The idea of like doing music full time or like chasing the dream wasn't crazy. You know? And I I went to college I played sports I dropped out of school to you know once I decided like okay like, I kind of want to put my time into creative thing that everyone knows that's what I what I'm meant to do although I was talented in like, other spaces I'm like, well this doesn't feel like good use of my time anymore I've been to this 
my families, they've, they've always been more than supportive. Um, my community has been more than supportive. When I, when I think about other musicians and other singers and other creative people, um, that's the only way I've ever been able to do anything. Um, you know, people are just like willing to support and when they want to be in places where they feel supported too. Like in the same way, they know if if I'm involved in something, it's not gonna go to waste. You know, like I'm gonna be there for them in the same way if they make that call. Um, so I've never felt a lack of support even when I was just putting out music in my early days, like never felt like people, I, I've never had to beg for people to share my music. I've never had to like ask anyone to like, please come to an event, please come, please come. I think folks just like show up and I, I feel just like this gratitude in that area. Um, support from like um, organ, other organizations and stuff. That's a more newer thing that's happening. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with just just being more open to understanding the importance of what's happening, um, which I think is more of a new thing in New Haven when it comes to like just institutions and orgs and stuff. I think you know, new people are coming into positions and they're more curious and there's more of a conversation that's happening with artists um, so that people can know, you know, why it's important to support these communities. But like this year, yeah, we definitely have more support, more funding um, so that we can just do what needs to be done. But it was important. In the first year, you know, we just had to build the thing first. And that was always my mindset. Like, build this thing and they'll catch up. You know, like they'll they'll see it when it's time for them to see it. Um, but I'm I'm super grateful for like folks like Adrian from Arts and Tourism, who like is always a person I can like reach out to and is super helpful and they've been super supportive. Um, and just other other folks, you know what I mean? Like our biggest sponsor last year was Roller Magic and Waterbury. Like that's because, you know, I have a relationship with that skate community there. And they understand, like, because I've done the events there. And they, they get it, you know, why, why it's important to kind of pour into that community. Um, I do think there's some work to be done. There's a lot of work to be done. Um, because, obviously, once you've existed as one way for so long, Willingness to just undo it all overnight, I sometimes not there. So just even within the you know some of the policies and the protocols and the way things work, you know sometimes that can make it difficult. I can imagine how difficult that can be for someone who's just starting out and doesn't have the capacity or the resources to navigate these things. Um, so that that's that's definitely one thing we're working on. But you know I'm personally I'm open to bang on those doors and so that the next person can have it easier than I'm having it right. I think that is so true though. Like there, there are huge barriers to access and there are everything from, you know, someone will say, well, we're offering a $2,500 grant or $5,000 grant, or maybe it's a, a bigger grant than that. But they'll be like, you just have to do these 40 pages of paperwork followed by 40 pages of rep like meticulous reporting on the event. Yeah. And it's like, can I just give you a couple photos and like yeah, a, an audio recording of, of why you should support this thing? And I hear that from artists all the time who feel so emotionally and mentally drained that if it's not over a certain amount, they're just not going to apply for it because they feel like, you know, what if I put all of this work and invest so much labor that isn't compensated into this grant and then I'm not, you know, I don't get it. So, so true that's in fact yeah that's kind of one of the things we deal with now um even when you start to get the grants you realize oh i might not even get this money in time for the festival you know and you have to start to like formulate ways but the interesting part of it though and the reason why there's so many question marks behind it because i've i've experienced folks who make it who are, make it simple 
And I also experienced folks who were like, yo, we're going to need two months to process this money for you. And I'm like, man, I wonder why it's different for these people and why it's so hard for y'all. And those that's that really um, connects to one of the ways being sounds wants to make impact locally. So the idea, you know, while we exist as like a creative, you know, event based resource for artists, we wanna we wanna we wanna really change the way um or, or change what it looks like to exist as a resourceful arts organization in New Haven and just across this everywhere. So example, like what does it look like for to be an org or to be a group that has resources and is just willing to just give them? You know what I mean? Like, no, no, we don't want to mentor it. You know, we don't want to mentor you. We don't want to make you go to these classes. What do you need? How can we support? You know what I mean? Especially once you have an understanding of what, you know, why it's important. I think that's, you know, the main thing. And, you know, if you need help learning how to manage the money or like spend the money, absolutely. Um, but really, man, like just, just give them what they need. You know, they already know what to do with it. You know, most of the time they've been doing it. Just give them what they need. Um, and it's still stuff I'm learning. Like, I don't understand why, you know, but with processing stuff like that. But I've experienced the easy way and I've experienced the hard way. And I think simple way, not better. I know. I feel like I have to have you back on and maybe some other people, maybe a moderator on just an episode about like philanthropy. Um, yeah. Because I, I feel like when it comes to artists, and I hear this from artists all the time in the community and from folks who are or have historically been living at the margins, um, like philanthropy is complicated in that people will like give you a little with all sorts of strings attached, but not enough for you to like really feel like, okay, with this one grant, I'm self-sufficient going forward. And then there's a very like, well, well, you have to thank me several times mentality. And it's complicated. It's really complicated. Um, and so what you say so resonates with me about just like, just trust us, just give us the money. Like we know how to do this. We just need capital because like part of the beauty of something like seeing sounds is artists are also not, not just performing, not just being discovered, but like they're being paid and, and compensating artists in the city is not something that people have always done. Um, and I'm so tired of hearing people talk about getting paid in exposure. That's just totally BS. But yeah, yeah. we will do another episode about that. Um, I want to hop back to the fact that, you know, you have these four days of event or three days of events leading up to the day long music festival in Edgewood Park. And I want to ask about, um, I mean, ab about all of them, but especially about Director's Cut and Indie Wave. Because I think with Director's Cut, like you're also activating or reactivating Lyric Hall, which was a space that for years was really beloved by artists and um, recently like sustained some flooding and so has been pretty closed to the public. Um, and I love that you're back in the in this space and reminding people, hey, this, you know, for years has been a space that artists have really used because they've needed somewhere to gather. Um, so tell me about Director's Cut. Yeah, so director's cut um, is kind of my introduction or me my love for film to people also just on a personal level. Um, but it's, yeah, again, it's one of those things where it's like, well, how can we create more space for creators here? And one, one thing I haven't seen enough of is, you know, spotlight on like our indie filmmakers and like our, you know, people who work in the film locally you know you think about i guess it's like that kind of world in general you have like art theater and all these like theaters around and i, I went to co-op my first year i went to best of arts magnet school and i also went to co-op um and i have so many friends who are so talented in that world like of directing acting filmmaking whether it's like music videos or 
short films. You know, I, I know some people who were like on like big sets now and stuff. So, but I'm like, well, wh- where do they go? Like to see each other and to like discover one another. And so like that meeting place, that social place didn't exist. So director's cut is for that. And also just like to highlight all the cool work that they're doing. Um, so you can really like get to know these people and, you know, maybe you're a aspiring director or you want to work in films, sound, scoring, costume design, like that's what this is all about. Um, and this, the decision to put it at Lyric Hall Theater, it was just, it was just made sense. Um, for me, I have a relationship with John um, for, for context. So the underground event, which is our DJ series, um, we're also featuring some live performers this year for the festival. My first time doing it was like back in 2017. And Don was the person who let me do it at Lyric Hall Theater. So we used to do them at Lyric Hall Theater before they closed down. Um, So yeah, once I told him, we were having a, a lot of conversations about just like, you know, I, I didn't think it was coming back at a point. I thought they were done. So it really wasn't in my mind. I, and I forgot how we reconnected. But he was telling me, like, he's looking to reactivate the space and he was looking for support. And, you know, he was able to get the grants to kind of, like, work and renovate the space. And, yeah, we, we reconnected. And I was like, man, I want to do this thing here. And it was just easy um because we he, we have a history of like working together he understand he understands kind of my passion for creating um meaningful like social space for like marginalized communities and stuff so yeah they're, they've been super supportive and i'm happy to be doing something there so that people can be back in that space well, that's amazing and then also the um i was going to say the next day but it's that's Wednesday, right? The 28th. Yeah. And then on June 30th, which is Friday downtown in Temple Plaza, um, there's Indie Wave from 4.30 to 7.30 with performances by Paul Brian Hudson, Jonathan Moore, and Stephen Gritz King, um, who are all like con- just consummate musicians, right? Um, so tell me, like, tell me about that. And then also Indie Wave is something that you have been experimenting with yeah um yeah so yeah we're, we're in temple plaza another space that i thought man it'd be it'd be really cool to like do something here you know I, again like i grew up in new haven so those one of those spaces you cut through or like to get, or you might stop there eat lunch or something um but just as a creative person i'm just like i always want to just like see what it looks like to do something cool here um again like i connected with Francesca from Town Green District. Um, they have brought me in to be a production, a stage manager for the night market back in October. And that's how I got introduced to them. Um, one of those things where we just start to learn each other and I kind of present this idea to her. And she's like, yeah, let's do it. We, we do our happy hours usually, you know, starting in June. Um, so that was a really just easy, seamless collaboration happy to be out there uh the artists are as you know are like are amazing paul is a friend a friend Dante's is my little brother i don't know how many people know that um but yes yeah, my little brother he's dope so uh yeah yeah I'm, I'm really excited about that and the cool thing about it too is like all of these events except for the underground they're free so it's like you can be just like taking a walk and this thing going on that you didn't realize and that's what I'm most excited about is that some of these spaces where people don't intentionally go sometimes they can go with intention don't have to pay anything and just like be there and enjoy enjoy art in a way like relevant to um and I I do also want to talk about the festival itself but I want to remind listeners if you're just joining us here this is Arts Respond on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven. I'm your host, Lucy Gellman, and today I am here with Trey Moore, a musician, music lover, uh, music consumer, Renaissance man, also lifelong New Havener, which 
is just amazing. Um, and, and I think like deep lover of New Haven and, and like community and what it means to cultivate um, artistic community in the city. So I'm really grateful to have you on. Um, and we're talking about the Seeing Sounds Music Festival and also some goodness coming up before that. And, and I will also say the undergrounds after that, I will probably be asleep as that's, as yeah, that's unfolding. That's Maybe I'll try to find a young reporter, um, right? And, and that's at Stella Blue. So again, you're like jumping, you're jumping around um, both New Haven and, and downtown and especially between Westville and downtown, which I feel like those are two spaces that don't always like communicate with each other so yeah, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's interesting it's interesting like kind of connecting all these like people like an email yeah. thread funny yeah it's great it's great and so you know bring us into the festival itself because this year there are also two stages which there were not last year correct or is my memory failing me no 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 the one okay <laughs> okay um, yeah, so so there's a like a main stage and then there's a, a second stage and there are I should have counted beforehand, but like like well over a dozen musicians, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, I, I would say it's probably at least 30. Yes. So let's like let's talk about that. And I and I feel like there is in the same way that there was last year, I felt like there's something for everyone. Like if you are into sort of like indie and something that pays homage to or homage uh, to the like to the roots of punk and rock and and metal. Like there's Amar there, but but there's all sorts of different stuff. So yeah, talk. I mean, talk to me about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Again, like so, like the main day is meant to be a festival. I think. I think like what that means for me and like the way I describe seeing sounds is like kind of kind of filling that that space or that void where like people are like I gotta, I gotta run the governor's ball or I gotta go to like Coachella like and that's the only way they can get a festival experience so you know my thought was okay like Connecticut New Haven specifically we're positioned so beautifully where we have these amazing art, amazing artists who are here and these amazing artists who are like around here. And man, what, what would it look like to just like get together for a day and people can discover what's, what's here. Not in like a, not in like a, a I don't know, just like irritable way. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Oh, please, please support local artists. Like, like, yeah, support your local artists. But like, these are like amazing people. Like, these are dope artists who they're out doing their thing and they're and they're and they're amazing on their own. And they don't need like the tag of like local artists to like kind of coerce people to like come see them. So I'm like, yeah, like let's let's really do a festival. Let's let's, let's do it for real. And this year with the addition of two stages. Oh, well, with this extra stage, this is just me um, or us just trying to grow into what I think we want to be. And it's, it's new. It's a bit ambitious. I don't think, you know, it's a new thing. I, I think it's going to be cool. Um, you know, we're planning for it the best we can by, like, staggering the acts so that there won't be, like, too much overlap when it comes to, like, bands. And the second stage ends earlier, too, so you won't have to worry about missing some of the bigger bands on a bigger stage. Um, but I think it's all preparation for like what I think seeing sounds is, is the direction we're going in, which is like a, a major, you know, mainstream, but like indie festival where there will be two stages will be like these different moving parts. Um, at the core of it again is to give more artist opportunities too. Give more artist opportunities and give communities more opportunities to experience artists. Like it's all just about the experience for me. And I think people take that with them and 
That's, that's just as important as like getting paid. Like you want to make sure they feel like they're doing something that they want to be a part of, you know, because you can get paid. You can go do like a corporate event or something and play that. And like, all right, cool. I just got a thousand dollars, but played for three hours straight while they were drinking and talking during my set. You know, that doesn't feel good for an artist. I think what feels good is like playing in front of a crowd who's like there to listen to you. And, you know, you feel like you're being heard and you feel like you're playing in front of like a, a relevant audience that's like relevant to, you know, your music and who you want to play in front of. Yeah, I just said a lot, but that's what I that's love it. The energy behind. Yeah. Yeah. And do you always envision it, you know, as it as it grows? Do you always envision it as being here, as being in New Haven? Because I feel like New Haven, you know, we're informally the cultural capital of Connecticut. I would like to make that formal because I feel I like that, even so. even other cities that are cool, like there are other cities that are cool in Connecticut. I, I just want to, you know, Hartford, I want to shout that out. It's gotten like even in the last five, 10 years, much cooler in, in some ways. Um, I'm like, there's cool stuff everywhere, right? Like there's cool stuff in Waterbury. It gets a bad rap, but do you always see it being like here in, you know, in New Haven, I'm just going to own that cultural capital of Connecticut. And nah, I you're right. I, I say it all the time. I say it all the time. I'm on record. All my friends, whether they're from here or not from here, I'm like, New Haven, for arts and culture. And until you go to other places, like that that isn't like LA or New York or like Atlanta. Like go to some other places and realize what's not there. Like you come back to New Haven and you're like, yo, like this is actually it's pretty special that we have what we have here. Um to answer your question as far as like keep it there. I think absolutely. Um and these are some of the things I've been thinking about as of like last year, like immediately after the, the first one ended, I'm like, okay, like what, what are the next two to three years gonna look like, um, you know, as we grow and expand? I, I would definitely have more clarity around that after next week. Um, but the idea is for it to grow um, and I would love for it to grow here. You know, I think naturally as you grow, you're gonna have to, rethink a lot of the things, the way things were done, you know, year prior, it's always something new to learn as an adjustment to make. Um, you know, one of the ways we've grown this year is we've, we're using more of the park now, um, where we just kind of used the concrete before, we're using the grass area and we're also using Coogan Pavilion. And with those things come new policies and new responsibilities and stuff that we have to you know take care of and thank god for the resources and support where we're able to like do these things but like as we're growing i'm like constantly thinking about okay what what's going to happen next year because we're going to grow we're going to grow next year's going to be bigger but what about the year after that where okay we might need a bigger stage now okay now we might want to bring in a couple we might want to feature a couple bigger artists to kind of bring more attention to our local artists so that they you know they kind of share a space logistically. What does that look like? And I think that's when we're going to start to have, we're going to need to have like a new conversation with the city of New Haven um, specifically about how to, how to do this. You know what I mean? Cause I think up until now it's just been arts and ideas when we're talking big festivals. Right. And I think they're just, they're kind of gridlock into like their thing Every year, this is the budget, this is what we do. You know, we've done this before. This has never been done before. So I think I'm, even this year, I'm encountering some new things where, you know, the response has been pretty cool lately, but in the beginning, I don't, I don't think they, you know, I don't think they were sure about like how I was really coming with this thing. But it's like, nah, like we're really growing at a rapid pace and we have to figure out ways to support this and to breathe life into this so that this can exist. Um, I think, you know, in two years, the question becomes, okay, does Edgewood Skate Park have the infrastructure to support how big this will become? 
And we'll have those conversations when we get there, but I would love to keep it in New Haven because I, I love New Haven and we have some cool spaces. I will say, like, we have a, a lot of green spaces and yeah. Edgewood Park is such a special it's it's just a really special place. Also, like you were talking about Coachella earlier, and to to me, like yes, an incredible artist, right? Um, but going to a music festival in the middle of the desert does not sound as much fun to me as going to a music festival like where Westville is close. By. Like if I wanna if I wanna walk over and get some brunch food and like come back, I can do that. Yeah, like if I, I wanna I, like you know. I love that. I love that we're near the highway too. Yes, yes. So you can come from New York and come yeah, from that's Boston, right. hit New Haven and go back home the same night. If you right. To. Yeah, you're not in the middle of the desert, which is really nice. Yeah, and they have to build out a lot of stuff to do that. And I'm not opposed to that if ever that needs to happen. But this, that's a definitely a lot to have to build out like buildings just for a week or two. Yeah. That's definitely a lot of work. No, that's a lot of work. So the last question I want to ask, and then I'll I'll let folks know if you have been living under that rock, this rock, a rock, what I don't know, a given rock, um, and you haven't heard yet of seeing sounds. Um, I'll let people know how to find all the things. But I always ask artists, so like this this show grew out of the first year of COVID and you know, as you're planning this, like, yes, you love music and, and clearly you love community, but also how are you making sure that you take care of yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. Lately, I've been giving myself, um, just like on a, on a daily basis, when you're doing like these kind, when you're just doing things, working at something, whether it's a job or whether it's a project like this or something like that, there comes a time when you have to really start to think about yourself. And you may not be able to like hit all your like goals in one day or like you may feel like laying down or you may not be able to respond to everybody's texts or stuff like that. So I've been I've been kind of like giving myself grace in those areas where it's like, bro, you've been working all year. Um, it's okay to like stop working right now. You know what I mean? Like or like, like nine eight nine p.m. It's like, hey man, like watch a movie. You know what I'm saying? Like just like do just do something else, which which can sometimes be. You don't even think to do that sometimes because like when you love the work and you're like okay with like doing the work, it's like, oh yeah, I'm I'm just like do it all tonight and I'll stop, but. Lately, I've been, like, learning to be, like, really intentional about, like, stopping and resting, picking it up in the morning when I'm refreshed, you know, um, especially in this last week, because I'm just like, man, it ain't, but I've, I've really been doing my best, you know what I'm saying? So if, if something falls short, it, ain't, it isn't because I didn't try, you know, it is because I didn't li literally try my best. I've been trying my best. I've been trying to do what I can do. So, and if you're exhausted, just go ahead and go to sleep, get some rest, and we'll start again tomorrow. So little things like that definitely help, and they impact your mental health, you know. Those small moments where you just give yourself some grace, you can definitely, like, change just the way you feel um, throughout the course of the week. I really love that because um, ev like everything you were describing, yes, it sounds like joyful work, but it also sounds like work, like real work. It still and, work. Yeah. and when people say, uh, if you love what you do, it's not even a job. I just want to punch those people. Sorry. That's very violent. I'm not actually punch I, them. I am not a violent that. person, um, yeah. but I just, I get so angry when people say that because I'm like it, you can love what you do and it's still a job, right? Mm -hmm. Um, especially in the arts, people um, people who I think are not in the arts, they still think that what we do is cute or or extra, and it's none of those things. It's how most people got through COVID, right? Can I add so, to that? Yeah, please. So, like, for me, and this this goes into just the way like uh, like black artists marginalized can 
man, this like when you come into a position where you're able to like do something or like do your idea, we're so used to like being overworked. You know what I mean? Like we're so used to like not having what we need that sometimes when you come into a position that, you know, when you're able to like, you can have like the bare minimum do what you need. Like you don't even think to give you, you don't think you deserve these things. You know what I mean? Because you're not used to resting. You're not used to going on a vacation or stuff like that. So you're just like, oh, no, nah, I'm going to work, 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 and I'll sleep when I'm dead. And I'm like, bro, like, we're so used to, like, being taken advantage of. I think we're just programmed to be this way. And, like, I don't subscribe to, like, hustle culture where, like, you're just not allowed to rest or not allowed to, like, sleep because the idea is that if you sleep, you're not getting nothing done. But I'm like, from experience, like I've been, I've been seeing what it looks like to not rush through things and not like put more on yourself or other people or like, be, you know, and that, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to like the outcome means like success or the outcome means, you know, you might still succeed, but and it's such, there's definitely a less stressful way to go about doing creative work where you don't have to overwork yourself and that's one of the things i see in sounds grows too where you know this year i'm able to hire a few more people now too one of the things i stress too is like yo man like you don't gotta overwork like everything we're organized like we got it i don't feel like you gotta do more than what you need to do you know because like we'll it'll get done regardless but like yeah, I realized that's that's one of the things I had to, I had to undo within myself, just like that that kind of way of thinking is rooted in just not having things and being like taken advantage of. Yeah. Thank you. Well, first of all, Tremor, Harry's going to kick us off. So, Harry Droz, thank you, the man behind the magic controls. Thank you. We appreciate you. And thank you, Trey Moore, musician, music lover. So, if you are hearing about seeing sounds for the first time or if you've known that it's coming, uh, and you want to find out more, you can go on the Instagrams and uh, it's at Seeing Sounds Fest and at Traymore Music. Yes, I love that we have the visual. Um, can folks also find it on like, is, uh, there? I think if they go to your um, like linky thing, Linktree, <laughs> that's the name of it, um, they can also get to it. So if you go to linktr.ee slash forward slash Traymore, You'll also get to it. Trey Moore, I want to thank you so much. I have a feeling we're going to be seeing a lot of each other next week. Sure. And I look forward to it. Absolutely. Can't wait to see you. Take care. Thank you. No thank you so much. Bye.